Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. My message titled this morning is That Sinking Feeling, Standing Strong in Uncertainty. I think we're living in uncertainty. Everything, it seems, around us is uncertain. And when uncertainty gets into your heart and when uncertainty gets into my heart, you start to have that sinking feeling. And when uncertainty gets into your heart or my heart, it can lead us to indecision or even paralysis at making decisions. Because if I make this decision, what if this And uncertainty has this ability to paralyze us. When uncertainty gets into our hearts, it can lead to depression, anxiety, worry, and fear, and possibly a whole host of other emotions. I want to say this this morning to kind of set the tone. We can't avoid the uncertainty of life. We can't avoid the uncertainty of life but we can keep uncertainty from controlling us. We can stand strong in uncertainty, and that is my desire. And I believe the Lord's desire this morning. Uh, This was not the message that I had originally planned on sharing with you today. Uh, I was working on some thoughts, had been working on them for about a week. They'll probably be shared next week. But Wednesday night... I came to the music practice, and before I got here and on my drive here, I started to feel this strong emotion, this feeling of uncertainty. Certainly, some of it is personal, the personal uncertainty that I have in trying to lead this great church during a pandemic, the uncertainty I know that Sherry is feeling as she comes home from her uh, teacher's meetings and they've altered this or changed that or what this they thought was going this direction is now going that direction. It was beyond that. I had this sense deep in my heart that I was beginning to feel And it didn't last long, but I was feeling your uncertainties. I was feeling the community's uncertainties. And I came into the worship practice Wednesday night and spoke about that with the team a bit, prayed over our practice, prayed over the uncertainty, and then on Thursday morning, look what I saw in the local newspaper. That's the headline in the Columbus paper Thursday morning, facing uncertainty. We're all facing it. And I thought, okay, Lord, I suppose I've never had an audible voice, but that's pretty close. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about how we can face uncertainty because I believe, I believe, and I hope you believe the people of God should face uncertainty different than those that don't know God. You believe that? Thank you. I believe that. So how do we do that? Because every one of us is dealing with some some level of uncertainty in our lives or in our families right now. Some of you are going, what's school going to look like next week or next month? Uh, What will my job look like? Or will I still have one? What will winter look like when we now deal with both the flu and the coronavirus? 
Thought about that? Or am I the only one? How about your 401k or your profit sharing? Are you still on track to retire when you hoped? There's a lot of uncertainty. Will we have fall sports? I mean, for some of you, this is the biggest uncertainty. Will we have fall sports? College or high school or pro? And I know for at least one person that's part of the staff of this church, they're concerned that the baseball season is going to get canceled again. And Mr. Jack's not here to say amen. He's downstairs with the kids. But will baseball be canceled again? Maybe you're a student. I know there are some of you that are still students, college students or high school students. You might be uncertain Will the direction that you're planning on going after school, will that industry even exist? Some of you are looking at your investments. You're thinking, what should I do? Should I invest in gold? Should I hold on to them? Should I invest more? Should I get out of the market? Some of you, especially me, the uncertainty of will we have in-person church this week or from now on? Or will the governor Take us and have us step back two steps and, and limit the gatherings. We don't know. It's uncertain. Maybe you're planning a wedding or something, and you're wondering what that might look like. I have a niece that is planning a wedding the end of this month, and she's been so worried as to what it's going to look like, how it's going to come together. Will that, this is in the state of Michigan, will the state of Michigan change? Right now it's 100. They're allowed to have 100 at her wedding, and so... If they back off on that, what does she do? It's uncertain. It seems like the weather's uncertain. Certainly the political climate is uncertain. And if you're like me, you're asking yourself, what's this country going to look like after the November election? No matter which way it goes, what is this country going to look like? Maybe you're dealing with a physical ailment or a family member who is sick and they can't figure out what's wrong and you have tests or they have tests and they're not able to put a diagnosis to whatever you have there's still no answers and you're living in this uncertainty it seems right now there are more questions than answers more complexity than clarity more problems than solutions and more stress than peace and for me, and I expect for you, it's because we're living with a lot of uncertainty. And when uncertainty gets into my heart, I start to get that sinking feeling. That sinking feeling is not fun, and it begins to impact all of my decisions. So, with that as an introduction, I feel that the Holy Spirit would have me to take us to a number of passages of Scripture because after I had this, what I believe, this supernatural insight into the insecurities of our congregation, of our community, I also had numerous Scriptures pouring into my mind. And so they're all going to be up on the screen today. Sherry, would you bring me my water, please? But let's hear what God has to say about insecurity. Thank you. <clears throat> Jesus said this before he left the earth. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew 28, 20. 
And then in the book of Hebrews, it says this, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then I love the next part. So we can boldly say, since God tells us he will never leave us or forsake us, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can an economic downturn do to me? What can illness do to me? If God is for me, who can be against me? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think we need to start this morning reminding ourselves that our Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father has spoken and said, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What are you carrying today? What are you carrying? What is your burden? What's your fear? What's your worry? How has uncertainty impacted your heart? How has uncertainty impacted your soul? Jesus said, come to me. You're his child. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Let me teach you. He will teach us how to deal with uncertainty. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So God's going to be with us. Jesus is going to be with us. He is calling us to us, uh, to himself, come to me. And then Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was with people when he was on the earth, if he was with people during the days of the book of Acts in the early church, if he's been with people through the centuries, he will be with us because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And now we're going to go to our key text this morning. It's Psalm 18, and it's going to be on the screen, but I would encourage you, if you could go to Psalm 18 in your Bibles, especially if you have a paper Bible, you might want to underline some verses or to take some notes on this. We're going to look at some select verses this morning, and I'm just going to see what the Holy Spirit might say to you as I share. Psalm 18, starting in verse 1, this is David who is writing, he says, I love you, Lord, you are my strength. And look what he says now about the Lord. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield that saves me and my place of safety. That is an incredible promise. Let those words sink in. The Lord is my rock. As you read that, say it as if he is your rock, your fortress, your savior. He is the rock in whom you find protection. He is your shield, the power that saves you, and your place of safety. This is what I want. Those verses... That's what I want during the uncertainty that I am walking through. This is what you need and should want during the uncertainty that you are walking through. Verses 3, 4, and 5. 
David again saying, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Now, you might not be fighting physical enemies right now, but you might be fighting an enemy of depression. You might be fighting an enemy of illness. You might be fighting an enemy of fear. You might be fighting an enemy of worry and anxiety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Now, listen to verse 4. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. When you look at the uncertainty in your life right now, whether that's physical, financial, relational, is this what it feels like to you? Does it feel like the ropes have entangled you? That the floods of destruction from your financial situation, your job situation, your physical situation, that the floods of destruction are sweeping over you and you can't handle it? Does it feel like the grave has wrapped its ropes around you and that death has laid a trap in your path? If this is how you feel, this is how David felt, but there's some good news coming up as to how God rescued him. Verse 6, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Whatever you're feeling right now, whatever the cords of life that are entrapping you, whatever the overwhelming flood of destruction seems to be coming upon you, cry out to God. He will hear you. And then look what verse 16 and 17 said. David said, he reached down from heaven and he rescued me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies. Can you imagine, can you believe, can you, even if you can't imagine or believe, at least pray, God, reach down from heaven. Rescue me. Rescue me. Rescue me. God hears those prayers. He hears the prayers and the cries of the desperate. God, rescue me. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. I can just imagine in a supernatural way him reaching down from heaven and rescuing him. It says, he drew me out of the deep waters. The deep waters is a symbol of everything that David was suffering. The deep waters is a symbol. It's a picture of what you're walking through. The insecurity, the uncertainty, the financial stresses, the physical stresses, whatever you're walking through right now. It may be spiritual. It may be relational. He can rescue you and draw you out of deep waters. These are the verses I want you to believe today about your circumstances. I want you to believe that when you cry out to God, he's going to hear your cry. That you, child of God, I want you to imagine as you're crying out to him, whatever that mind picture might look like for you, God reaching down into the depths of your circumstances, drawing out of the deep waters that have been surrounding you. Say, Pastor, what should I do? 
I don't necessarily feel this. What should I do? How can I live this way? Number one, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? These promises are for the children of God. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If not, for you, that is step one. In your distress, when you cry to the Lord, it is good to cry out to the one who has saved your soul. It is good to cry out to the one who is living with inside of you. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ this morning? If not, step one. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, let me ask you this. Are you following follower of Jesus Christ? Many people claim the title Christian or Jesus follower but a follower means that you follow and obey what he says to do. Are you walking in obedience to what he has said? Are you walking in obedience to his commands? Are you walking in obedience to what he has asked for you to do? Because if you're not, the uncertainty will continue to grow. If you opened your heart to Jesus and you're following and obeying him, then stay strong. If you've opened your heart to Jesus and really honestly you're not truly following and obeying him, then you need to start following. You need to rededicate, recommit. You need to say, Jesus, I need you. For we all really need him to walk through this time. You know, newscasters and advertisers and uh, politicians, we're all going to get through this. We're all going to get through this. I believe we're going to get through it too. But for the follower of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is walking with him, trusting him, crying out to him, being rescued by him, we should walk through this differently. We should walk through this with a level of peace. We should be able to stand strong in the middle of uncertainty. And it is my personal belief that God will actually use our lives, our ability to stand strong in, in uncertainty to help others to find him. I listened to somebody the other day, and, and he was very honest, because I know a lot of people, did God send the pandemic? Is this of the devil? Is this this? Is this that? He said, no, God didn't send the pandemic. I believe that also. But God will certainly use this to advance the kingdom. As Sherry said, um, uh, when she was doing the prayer, she said, uh, the kingdom of God is still advancing. Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The kingdom of God needs to advance in a pandemic and it needs to advance through us. And one of the ways it can advance is when we live standing strong in uncertainty. When others have that sinking feeling, when others don't know, when others are panicking, when others are paralyzed, we stay strong in God. James chapter 4 in the New Testament says this. So humble yourselves before God. To stand strong in uncertainty, you must be standing strong in God. But one of the ways that you do that is you need to humble yourself before God. You need to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then verse 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. God loves you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But if you choose to step away or to walk away from God, 
He still loves you. He's never going to leave you. But you're not going to be living in his presence the way that he wants you to. When you come close to God, God comes close to you. One last passage this morning from the 37th Psalm. This passage speaks very personally to me. Once again, this is King David. Starts in verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. First of all, I just want you to park there for a second. Even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of the difficulties we're all going through, it says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. It could also be translated the righteous. If you're a follower, the Lord is directing your steps. Yeah, but I'm not sure where they're going. The Lord is still directing your steps. Well, but I want to know what next week or next month or, or three years down the road or after I graduate or when I retire is going to look like. No, he's directing your steps. He will get you where he wants you to go, but he delights in every detail of your life. The Lord is delighting in the details of your life. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Maybe you've stumbled. Maybe you've had some shakiness. But the Lord's holding your hand. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you break. This particular psalm was written at the latter part of David's life, and he made this statement. Many of you probably have this memorized. Once I was young, now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Columbus First Assembly, congregation, those of you watching online, let me just speak from my heart. Once I was young, and now I am old. I officially get senior citizen discounts every place I go, if I ask for it. Once I was young, now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. Sherry and I have lived Many years, we have raised children in our family. Have we had rough times? Yes. Have some been brought by my impetuousness? Yes. Others, we have no idea where they came from. But through it all, because of our devotion, dedication, and plugging into God, Sherry and I have not seen our family forsaken, nor have our children begged bread, nor have we. There were times when the money was tight. There were times when a bill got paid late. I want to say to you who may be in worry right now, some of you who are living in uncertainty, God is faithful. I was young once. Now I am old. King David was young once. And then he, is old. Then he was old. He has not seen the righteous forsaken. Sherry and I have not been forsaken, nor have our children begged bread. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but there is someone here who's got the weight of the world on their shoulders. Hear it from the old guy. 
Once I was young, now I'm old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Sherry and I have not been forsaken, nor have our children begged bread. The Lord has been directing my steps. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. That's how we have lived. Now, I expect I'm going to get older. I expect I'm going to be living for a while. I'm hoping to get to my 90s. So I still have some life ahead of me, but in light of what Social Security says and what the uh, uh, restaurants and the stores say about senior citizen discounts, I'm old. Okay. I've walked with God for almost 40 years. Maybe it's over 40 years now. Sherry has walked with God for at least 40 years of her life. We have not been forsaken. And our children have not begged bread. Some of you have not walked there. When I mentioned earlier during the worship song about great is thy faithfulness, I said, look at the older folks. Look at us older folks. When we sing great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. We're singing that because we have lived it. Maybe someday when you are old and we are gone, there will be a song about the faithfulness of God that when it is sung, It'll just bring back the memories of how God took you from here to here to here to here to the place that you are now. Because he is faithful. We can count on him. Maybe someone watching online, you, you might be wondering, can you count on this God? Here, I hope they got the close-up camera on me. I was young. Now I'm old. Sherry and I have not been forsaken, and our children have not begged bread. That's what God wants to leave us today. That's what God wants to leave us with today. He's a good father. The team would make their way up to the platform as I wind the message down and as we prepare for communion. God loves you. And in uncertainty, God is always certain. Call upon the Lord, who never changes and who never abandons you. Go to your rock, your fortress, your strong tower, your deliverer, your healer, your strength, your salvation. Run there and stay there. In uncertainty, our Lord is always certain. Would you bow your heads and bow your hearts? Lord, as we have gathered on this Sunday morning, in a season on earth where everything seems and is uncertain, Lord, we thank you that you are the rock we used to sing on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Lord, that hymn writer must have lived through a time similar to ours because everything around us seems to be sinking sand. We don't know what we can depend upon any longer. But we can depend on you, our rock, 
our fortress, our salvation, our savior, our shield, our strong tower. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus, if there is someone listening to my voice, first of all, who does not have yet a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, you're talking to them right now. They can sense your presence. May they choose to follow you. Lord, in Jesus' name, if there is someone who made a profession of faith, made a commitment to Jesus Christ, but is not really following, meaning that they are not doing the things that you would have them do, and they wish to recommit today, Holy Spirit, let them know who that is. May they begin to feel the tug because you still love them and you still want to work with them. Lord, for the man or the woman who is just feeling uncertain, yes, they love you, yes, they're following you, but it's been such a difficult season. Lord God, this morning, both here in this building and at home, I just pray that a sense of assurance and peace come both from your word, where King David says he was young and now he's old, but he's not seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread, or from my own personal testimony of Sherry and I living as many years as we have following you, and we have not been forsaken, and our children have not been begging bread. For whoever needs to hear that, may peace begin to move into their heart here in this building or at home. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. 